Aren't you glad to be in the house of God? Oh, come on now. There's a lot of, there's a lot. I mean, to keep it real, it's better than, you know, the bar. It's better than the club. Because you get something that those places don't offer. You get a hope that's unrelenting. You get a love that's never failing. The club don't offer that, nor does the liquor bottle. I would never know, but I promise you, you can ask people around me and they will tell you something. I've been raised in church all my life, except I've got to real, I got to know the real living God. Amen. But it's enough of me rattling. Amen. It's time for offering. Amen. If you need an envelope, please raise your hands so we can get an envelope to you. Really, it's for your beneficiary part. Come on now. As the ushers make their way forward, amen. I want to read out of you 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. It says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves the cheerful giver. In other words, saints, we give without expecting anything back in return. And it teaches us to be good stewards of what God has given us. See, tithing was created for our benefit. It teaches us how to keep God first in our lives and how to live unselfishly. That's why we give. That's why we tithe to God. It's not because God needs our money. I mean, he's a God that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. But he wants to teach you how to live unselfishly like him. Because he gave you something that you can never repay back. Amen. But let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Father God, for everything you're doing in our lives. And this offering, God, let it be blessed to further your kingdom, God. Use it to whatever area you need it to use it in, God. And Father God, we pray for anybody that can give and that can't give. God, Father God, meet a need in their lives, God. In Jesus' mighty name, and all the saints of God said, Amen. Amen. To give a testimony. Amen. You'll know her as the first lady of this house, Mother Heather. She has many names and titles. Amen. But there's something about, amen, when you get to hear the testimony of your pastor's wife's heart, it'll do something to you. For without further ado, please help me, help me welcome up my mother to the stage. All right, y'all can sit down. I love y'all. First of all, I want to give God all the glory and all the honor for the salvation of my soul and the forgiveness of my many, 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 many sins. Okay. <laughs> I really, 
y'all, I just want to share, like, really, it's a testimony, but it's about God's goodness, okay? It's not even, like, a sad story anymore. Like, what God has done in my life has been from the beginning to the end till I go home, but he is in it all the way. I, um, <clears throat> I was born in New York, and I was given up for adoption, and... Um, at the age of two, I was really sick. And had I been born a year earlier, I would have died. Kidney surgery had just came out in 1977 and that's what saved my life. Um, and my mom, <clears throat> my birth mom was uh, getting in the middle of a divorce and I have a three-year-old, uh, my sister was three years older than me. And my dad was a truck driver at the time and my parents couldn't, in the middle of it all, they couldn't take care of me. And my mom took me, put me in, um, in state care, and then took me back out, put me back in state care, and took me back out, and then put me back in state care. State care told her, in order to save my life, the best thing to do is to give me away. So my mom did, out of love, gave me away. And, um, and then my mom, adopted my, my mom adopted me when I was two. And I had a really good life, y'all. I made really bad choices based on anger and frustration. And the enemy tried to steal my identity when I was born. Because, uh, you know, family is your identity. It, it creates who you are. And we don't know God at first. And so our identity is in our human families. And um, when you find Christ, you learn who you really are in him. Does that make sense? And I had made so many bad decisions out of frustration and anger and not knowing who I was. And it wasn't because people didn't love me. It's because I couldn't love myself. I didn't know who I was, okay? And I had a dad who, you know, almost did really bad things to me. And the grace of God, his hand was on my life. Um, I, you know, 13 years old, I left home. I was running the streets. I was in juvenile detention. I was in rehabs, I was in lockup, and I was a teenager making really poor decisions out of not knowing my identity. My dad and mom had divorced when I was six and he just bailed. And it left my mom to raise two kids on her own. And my mom had to put herself through school so we could have a better life. And so she wasn't really around. Fast forwarding, I got in a really bad relationship and the blessing that I got was my oldest son, Anthony. And I wanted something different from my life. I didn't want him to grow up in the game and I didn't want him to grow up in the streets and I didn't want him to have that same life and the choices that I made. And so I decided that I was gonna do something different. And I made a choice and then I met Pastor and we moved from New York to Houston. And you know, obviously y'all know he's got a story too. And <clears throat> it was falling apart and I, I couldn't even see God. I didn't know God to begin with. But then when I found God, I couldn't even understand why I was going through all the things that I was still going through. Like, if I'm saved, God, then why aren't you making all these things work out for me? How come, God, if I'm serving you, are you not making my husband free from drugs? And how come you're not healing my family? And how come you're not doing all these things, God? And there were many dark seasons in my life. And... Then we started the men's home and, and healing began in my life. I had an abortion. My husband was on drugs. I couldn't handle my own life. 
I had an abortion. I made the worst decision of my life, but I, it's who I am, and I'm okay with it. I'm not ashamed of it. I don't condone it. I don't think it's okay, but I made a bad choice, and I have forgiveness in that, okay? And um, I just want to tell you, even in ministry, you go through lonely seasons, in ministry, it's not all hype, and it's not all glory, and it's not all beautiful. In, in ministry, there's many tears, and in ministry, there's many heartaches. And six to eight months, I was in a really dark pit that none of you knew. It was bad. I was so lost, and I was saved. I was in a desert for six to eight months and it got to the point where I wanted to take my own life ministry is hard it's not easy and y'all these are not tears of sadness these are tears of joys because God showed up God showed up y'all God showed me his goodness and his love and his mercy for my life and so remember I told you I was adopted y'all and I have this peace inside of me today like never before like I know what when the Bible talks about his peace and his joy and it's like I, I don't even I can't even explain how I feel inside I have never felt more complete in my entire life I'm complete and I'm only complete in him but um, I had been feeling an urge to find my older sister and if you've ever been adopted it's one of the hardest choices you have to make because you go back to feeling like what if they don't want you what if you get rejected what if you know there's a lot of what ifs but I have a big God and so I'm really like seeking God and and finding him again and pushing into prayer and I could hear God telling me it's time it's time it's time and I said okay God if it's time you're gonna make a way where there's no way and um, New York State is the only state that has done this. But uh, as of 2020, they have released adopted children to be able to get their original birth certificates to find their parents. And so Tremonica and I started digging because I did my DNA and it pops people up. And y'all, I am finding my family piece by piece. And I met my third cousin and she told me she said welcome to the family she said you have no idea how big this family is and she said we are going to help you find your parents and she's the one that had told me about finding that i was able to get my birth certificate and so i called the state of new york and my birth certificate is on its way i have contact with my family my birth families and i just I don't even know how to explain it to you, but my life, I'm just grateful. Like, I need y'all to see it. The enemy tried to take my life in the beginning, and God was in it. God tried to take my life in the middle of my life, and God was in it. 
God tried to take my life in ministry, not God, but the enemy tried to take my life and God was in it. And God had his hand on my life. And for 42 years, I have wondered who was Heather. And the whole time I'm Heather in God. I'm Heather in Christ, I'm Heather in Jesus. I have an identity, so I no longer have an identity crisis. And God saw that coming, and the enemy knew that when I got a hold of God's love for me, that there was not gonna be any stopping me, okay? No stopping me. And you have to get to a place in your life where you're good, because God saw your beginning, and he's gonna see you to the end. And I don't know where my journey's taking me with this birth family, but what I do know is if I can share the gospel with them, if I can get them saved to the next journey of my life, then so be it. If the door shuts and God doesn't want me to get any further, then I'm good with it. Because who I am is a child of the Most High God. That is who I am. We gotta stop looking for our identity in man. Our identity is in Christ and Christ alone. And I'm telling you, when you can get to that place, there's this amazing, crazy, wild peace that I can't even begin to explain it to you right now. Like y'all, I'm good. I'm good no matter what storm comes my way. I'm good with whatever Goliath wants to try to bring. I've already done it. And I see the glory of God in my life. You have to be able to see the glory of God in your life from the beginning to where you are now. He has never left us, nor has he ever forsaken us. And we get it so twisted because we look at the storm and we want to quit. We look at the storm and we think it's the worst part of our life. But the reality is the storm is the most beautiful part of your life. You wanna know why the storm is the most beautiful part of your life? Because it takes you to the next place. Because it arms you for the next season. Because God says he's never gonna take us through something that he will not go with. Do you understand me? That storm is beautiful and you need to embrace that storm. Because when the end comes, y'all, you are gonna find your identity in the only person that ever matters. And that is God. It's God that matters. And if you are faithful to him and him alone, he will make your life fall together in so many ways. 42 years ago, I was given up. And 42 years today, I found my family who wants me. And they love me. But even if they rejected me, I knew that God loved me more than anything else. And for that, I'd like to give Jesus Christ all the honor and all the glory for the salvation of my soul and the forgiveness of my many sins. Oh, come on now. Come on. You just heard what God does for somebody in the storm. Come on. Shoot. Sometimes after... My dad both got to worry about our uh, pastoral jobs after that. We always say that that's why uh, when she gets up to talk, mountains moving, and we think uh, 
sometimes <laughs> somehow we know how but God always seems to move when it's when there's true love in the middle wow amen tonight I want to talk about some amen that God really placed on my heart and it's really this is a fiery sermon like it's an excitement sermon but at the same time I gotta warn you is that this sermon it requires you to take action I can hype you up and I can do we can God can hype you up and God can promise you all this stuff but this is this is what you have to do you put my if you put my topic up there real quick it's called unleash I'm gonna make a series out of this it's gonna be it's gonna be Anthony's series unleash God given this to me, you know, and this is really God's because he's like, look, I've given you stuff inside of you, but the reason why none of this is coming out is because you haven't unleashed it. You haven't taken the action to let it out of you. Turn to your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1 verses 18 through 20. Don't worry about it. You're, here, you're about to hear me yelling and stuff, so being calm. And the word Lord reads like this. This is Paul telling the church of Ephesus I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of, in, of his inheritance in the saints and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might which he brought about it in Christ. Somebody say, in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right, his right hand in the heavenly places. If you'll pray with me. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, to just for the unleashing, God, of what you, what you put inside of us. The unleashing, God, of your supernatural power to move mountains, to break chains, to heal, Father God, to bring back our families, God. But that's your power inside. Father, we thank you for your word, God. Let us in, let it in penetrate our hearts, God, and let it just saturate what you want us to fill your word. Let us hear from you tonight, God. Father, as I decrease and you increase, let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Give, give Jesus Christ a clap offer now. Come on. Amen. Before I start, amen, Pastor Raymond, I believe, is preaching tomorrow. Amen. If you, oh, he preached today. They switched it up on me. Never mind. Well, he preached today. Amen. So it's a father and son tag team duo. He's in Cal He was in Cali, and I'm in Ben Wheeler. Ben Wheeler. I'm just kidding. Amen. But tonight I want to. But tonight I want to talk about Unleash. And see, we need him to open doors for us. We need him to lift the weight that we can't lift. And we need him to do things for us that we can't do for ourselves. But a simple question I have to ask you is, have you realized the power of God within you? And see, what if God showed up in ways in your life that simply defy human explanation? What if he did something for you that couldn't, you could not do for yourself? What if the stamp of the supernatural is such a part of your life that everyone around you said, look at what's happening for him or her. Look at what's going on in his or her life. There must be a God. 
But see, tonight, I believe, brothers and sisters, I believe God wants you to unleash what he put inside of you. So first, let me begin what the meaning of unleash is. According to Dr. Webster, Webster Dictionary, unleash is this, is to free from or as if from a leash or to let loose. Somebody say let loose. See, in Ephesians, Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus not to talk about heresy or problems, but instead wrote to encourage the church and to strengthen the church. See, when looking at it, what Paul was saying is he was trying to show the church is that we all have hope in the call of him, meaning Jesus, but better to understand the answer, the call that Jesus had, and Jesus' call was to reconcile people back to the Father. See, which in terms means God had to put down deep in you, say in me, there you go, in you that has a purpose of bringing people towards the cross. Hello. I'm about to get excited, so I'm being calm for five seconds. See, the power, see, let me, see, Paul made it clear that human strength could only go so far, but when you look at verses 19 and 20, please put that up there for me. Verses 19 and 20. It reads like this. And what is this surpassing greatness of power towards us who what? Believe. Believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of whose might? Come on, say it louder. There you go. It's his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right, his right hand in the heavenly places. See, go back to verse 19 real quick. I want to point this out. There are, these are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. And see, I want you to get it here is that when Paul was talking about he, and, mm, the power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he, you know, when he raised Christ. But what Paul was saying is that the same power that was able to raise Jesus and set him on the right hand of the Father lives inside of you. See, I believe that as we all get into this day and age, the world has increased and lawlessness has crept in more. And the church has been put to sleep. See, I want to make known that someone in this room has the potential to be a game changer. Somebody in here can change families. See, someone here has the ability to have God move mountains. There, are, there is someone in the room that can change their situation. There are people in this room that can see homelessness start disappearing. People that can start businesses, people that can care for the church, people who want to tell someone about the life-changing power of their Savior. Someone that can stop a suicide, someone that can speak life into people. That's what's inside of you. See, someone that can not only speak life, but proclaim life into something. This is what's inside of you. A lion is inside of you, and ain't my sister's cat. Man, my sister's got a cat. You don't have a cat inside of you. It don't go purr and meow. It roars. You don't got a cat. If you got a cat, you feel with the wrong guy. I'm going to make it funny, but I'm going to be serious. See, it's the lion of the tribe of Judah, the great I am, the alpha and the omega, and the beginning and the end that's inside of you. That's the lion that's inside of you. 
See, I need you to get excited about this because when you understand the power that's inside of you, your situation in your storms, like my mother said, will be become beautiful. Why? Because you have the power to see it through God's eyes. You have the power to proclaim life. You have the power to proclaim your family back into life. You have the power, amen, to call in forth healing. You have the power to call in all these things that God has told you that you can do. But sometimes somebody just say, you got to. You got to unleash it. Hello. Your marriage may not be working in the right situation, but guess what? God says all you got to do is unleash. Because why? We don't have an earthly problem. That's what Paul was talking about. Your might and the power that you have can only get you so far. That's why your marriage is struggling. That's why your family is struggling. That's why in the situation you're in, you're struggling to survive and keep your head above the water. Because God's saying it's your power that you're doing it by. It's not by my strength or my might. It's by yours. God says you got it twisted. You're relying on your own self, your own strength, and your own ability. That's the flesh. You're relying too much on something that's not going to last you forever. He's like, but I'll place that deep down inside of you something that nobody can take, something that nobody can change because it's something that's supernatural. But you got to. I want to get you all to say that. And I promise you, by the end of the night, you're going to be going home and be like, what the pastor talk about? Unleash. But I want to let you know, you got a lion, you got a king inside of you that wants to come out. Hello, you're a child of the what? The most high king. The power that raised Jesus from the dead and put him in the right hand of the father is the same what? Power that lives in each and single, every single one of us. It gives you that ability to commune with the father. It gives you that ability to look at somebody and say, hey, it's going to be all right. Because why? You're speaking into him, into what? God's voice. You're speaking what? Life. When all we used to do and all we used to see in the world is somebody tearing somebody down. And yet instead God saying, I am unleashing under you a power that you can take and transform somebody else's life. He's like, I look, you may have been broke up. Your family may have been jacked up. Hello. You're, you may have come from a rough background, but guess what? What I planted before you were born is inside of you, but you got to unleash it to gain it. Hello. If you put up my first point, and I want y'all to say this. Unleash potential. Somebody say unleash potential. potential. Hello. Say it again. Man, y'all good saying it, man. When looking at unleash, you first must tap into the potential that is within you. Here is something that I want to tell you. The devil doesn't have to worry if if you can't tap your potential because he gets stuck because you get stuck in routine. And it's the only good thing you do in ministry. Or better yet, it's the only good thing you do is come to church. But deep down inside, you have something inside of you, amen, that you're like, man, God, I feel, you're like, man, I feel really called. I feel like this. But at the same time, I don't feel like I'll be good at it. You get so stuck in the routine of just being the church pure and not the church doer. Hello, the church do it. There's a difference. Pewers that just sit there all their life like, yeah, 90 years old. Yeah, get it, pastor. I don't know what you're talking about in children's church, but I'll, yeah, you're from the back. I'm not being mean. 
right? But check it out. Is that there's something that is inside of you that God plays down deep inside of you. And you'll know when you get it and you understand what the calling is in your life is because as soon as that area you spoke of, there's something inside of you that wants to burst out and wants to do it. It's just what happens is, is you're so, you're domesticated. You're domesticated by the enemy in the world. See, and let me use this analogy for you, is that when we go to a circus, right? Anybody ever been to a circus? You always see a lion, and you're like, oh, man, that's really cool. And then you see the lion in the cage, right? The lion's instincts never change. The lion was born to what? Be wild, to be the king, to always what? Attack and be aggressive. Hello. And the wild instincts of the lion are still inside, even though he's in the cage. But he's become domesticated by the cage to where now he is knows it's a safe environment and he can't even get hurt. And if he gets hurt, all he's got to do is back into a corner. But he has to stay in that confinement in order to feel secure. Hello, you with me still? You got to understand this is that the lion doesn't care because it, when it first gets in the cage, it wants to fight. But after being domesticated into the cage, it doesn't want to leave the cage because that's where it gets its food. That's where it gets its security. And most importantly, that's where it feels comfortable at. Hello. Now put yourself in the cage. The world and the devil have put you, domesticated you to where the untapped potential that God put in your life is still within you. That's why you always get like, man. That's, man, what Pastor was saying about the children's church, what Pastor was saying about being a porter, man, I felt that. I want to do it. And then all of a sudden you go, yeah, but I'm going to wait till we get over there and we build five more hundred churches. I'm going to wait till this area of my life gets right or until I feel what I really feel like I'm called to do. See, your potential is inside of you. The problem is you've been so domesticated that the devils don't even have to worry about you escaping. Better yet, he could throw up in the cage and you still won't go. He can throw up in the cage and be like, all right, later, go ahead. You talk about it, go. Looking at you like, what you going to do? Because why? You're so domesticated. Your potential is in there, but you've been so controlled and you won't even go. You won't even step out of your security. What it means, you're going to have to put in some stuff, and you're like, well, I'm being a porter, but I ain't getting paid. Or I'm doing this, and I still ain't getting paid. It's like a job, you know what they're saying? It's unpaid hours. Everybody's like, I ain't doing that. It's unpaid hours? Shoot, you crazy. But see, this is the problem, is that it's unleashed. you got to unleash potential. Somebody say unleash. unleash. My potential. And see, I want to I show you this. But how many people know that if you can just tap into the potential, it will come out? Hey, man, it's like drilling for oil. Once they break a certain point in the earth's crust, guess what? The oil shoots up. Hello. And it's the same thing with your potential is that once you can just tap and break into it, your potential is going to have to burst forth anyway because it can't be controlled no longer. Because why? It's inside of you, but you have to what? Unleash it. You got to be able to get out of the rut that you're in or better yet, get out of that security that you're in and take a step of faith. Take a leap of faith, I should say. Amen. And go and do it. Do I still have y'all's attention? See, it's a terrible to flip burgers if your mindset is on another plane like being a manager. 
See, there's nothing wrong with flipping burgers as a manager, but if you operate in the field of the mind, but what you're doing is the opposite, you're wasting the potential and power inside of you. Let me take it into our terms. Amen for the church. Your mentality is to do something for God, but all you want to do is hear from God. You want to do it, but you got to hear it first. You oh, okay, okay. Y'all ain't hear me. All right. You got to be able to understand is that God doesn't have to talk to you about your potential and your purpose. I should have put purpose. Hello. Because why? It's already inside of you. You want to hear from God say it like, all right, God, I'm waiting on you to tell me to go. Let me let me know when uh, I, I I can start serving. You're waiting for the manna to fall like. Like, oh, there it is. There's a sign. And God's like, I put it inside of you. But you're afraid to kick open the cage and jump out and fulfill your potential. The potential is amazing. Human beings are amazing. We built an airplane. We built, you know, rockets. Shoot, we even built nuclear bombs. That's amazing. Devastating, but amazing. But the crazy thing is I found in the church is that, check this out, is that the potential a believer has to change a world is unfathomable. The problem is, is that nobody wants to unleash their potential. Hello, this is why I'm saying you have to unleash your potential because if you can't unleash your potential, you're wasting the power that God's given you. You want your marriage to work out. You want your relationships to be, you know, back to where they were. You want your families to be reunited, but you're so afraid to get out the cage and tap into your, to unleash your potential is that the devil don't have to worry about you. And that's sad for a church. And that's why the church is dying. So let me tell you something. In Ephesians 2.10, it says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we, would walk in them. And see, how does this, how, so you're looking at it, you're like, what does it mean about potential? For we are his workmanship. Hello. Created in Christ Jesus for what? What's your potential? Good works. Your potential is good works, which God prepared beforehand. There it is. Prepared beforehand, which means before. Which means he instilled it inside of you to do what? Good works. See, this is the thing that I need you to understand. Is that when you unleash your potential, it's, your, it's the good works of God. You see people always getting healed and you see people's families being restored. And they're like, man, it's by the power of God. It's true. Because why? They unleash their potential. Hello, this, the reason why you're in the same situation and the same mindset and the same frame of mind is because why? You haven't unleashed your potential. In Proverbs 29, 18, it says this, where there is no revelation, people perish. Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. Hello. I want to tell you this, is that in this, saints, your potential is in you, but the problem is, it's not that you're afraid. 
it's more or less you're scared of what God can do in you. You don't know what God can do through you. So you instead choose to allow your potential to be restrained. But that is a spirit of fear. And from the Bible, God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And so you got to understand is that if you're working, now let me, tell, let me talk to the people that unleash their potential. Once you unleash your potential, you know what your calling is in ministry. The pastor don't got to come to you and tell you, hey, man, I really feel like God's called you to serve right here in this area. Because why? Once you hear there's a need, the people that unleash their potential, they get this fire inside of them that stirs up. And they're like, pastor, what do you need? What do you need, Pastor? Let me, well, let me help. Whatever it is, let me help. Let me help. Let me help. Or, hey, Savannah, what do y'all need done for the sound? Do y'all need me to come early, set up? What do y'all need? Hey, hey, Miss Heather, what do y'all need for the church? Da, da, da. That's what kind of unleashing happens when you find your potential. Once you operate in the unleashing of your potential, you get this supernatural strength to do it without asking, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Do I get recognized? Do I get the glory? Do I get the nice looking Ferrari? Have you ever seen Ferrari and Ford? Ford one. Just kidding. Ford one. I had to throw in a good joke. But in all reality, it's crazy because if you're unleashing your potential, your potential isn't the fine glory because why? I can't do it. My parents, amen, your pastors couldn't do it in their own strength. Your deacons and your leaders in the church couldn't do it in their own strength. Why? Because this is a supernatural operation. My, hello, my strength can only get me so far. And then I'm sitting there ready to go, you know what I really think about you? <laughs> Jesus, help me. <laughs> I'm about to let loose. And he's like, don't do it. I'm like, I'm about to. He's like, don't do it. But that's what you feel when you're working in what? Your nature. That's what happens when it's not really God's potential for you. That's my own strength. But while I'm on that, amen, go to my second point real quick. I want you to say this. Unleash. 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 Come on, say it with me. Unleash. Hello. Because God has given you the ability and power. Say power. Let me tell you the power of God has given you. I found this really cool. This is a good nugget for all you theological people. I'm not. I just believe but the word power in greek is exousia exousia now check this out operates by exercising god-given rights this potential power positional power causes both angels and demons to move hello exousia operates often by the spoken word here's the crazy part however somebody say however when excuse is strong, it can operate through the presence of a person to bring a governing influence over the atmosphere. Without a spoken word, things obey. You think people got excited right there? Like, hey, that's the kind of power I got inside of me, man. You got, hello, you got the God-given right. Somebody say, I got the God-given right. I got that God-given right to tell an angel to get out the way. I got a demon to go tell him to go sit y'all with yourself. Yeah, go sit down with y'all. Hello, but this is the, this is what I love about it. It's that you can without even speaking. This is, this is how you know when somebody's unleashed power, the God-given power, excuse you in their life, is that they can enter a room 
And it's a it's a check it out through the presence of a person to bring a governing influence over the atmosphere. Hello. Guess what that means? When you feel like your family's like, man, my family's jacked up. This person's not. Aunt Cindy hates Uncle uh, Tony, and I'm just sitting here like in the middle. But guess what? When you step in the room, you got the governing spirit. Hello. You got the God-given right to tell them, hey, no, 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 we ain't doing this in my family. You might want to get out your way, demon. Hey, or better yet, when, you're, when your daughter is dying of addiction, you can say, hey, hold up, hold up, hold up. In the name of Jesus, I'm, I'm oh, come on now. I need you to understand you got the God-given right to do something about it. God didn't put you in the world so you could just sit there and take all the shots. God giving you something to fight back, and that's his God-given right to you. It's giving the God-given right so you can look the devil in the face and say, get your with yo. That's going to be my slogan for 2020, get your with yo. It's funny, but it's so true. I can tell the mountains, hey, man, you ain't allowed in my life. I can look at the addiction or whatever it is and say, nah, get with yo. I can tell, hello, I can tell my family that, hey, maybe broken and maybe shattered, but I can say, I got the God-given right to say, it's all going to work out. It's all going to come back. My family's going to become one again. You may have not seen me in 20 years, and you may have not liked them, but I promise you by the end of the time I'm done praying for both of y'all, y'all all, all going to come together as one. That's the kind of God I serve. That's the kind of power that you got inside of you. It's your God-given right to unleash the power that's inside of you. Hello, without a spoken word, things obey. Without even saying a word, my presence because of my unleashing the power, not my power, because I promise you, my power to turn everybody to start cussing at each other sometimes. <laughs> Catch me in the flesh, they say. Catch me in the flesh. But when you see me unleashing the power of God in my life, I have the dominion and power to change everything in the room. That's why it's called shifting the atmosphere, because you step in and you got the governing authority to change the atmosphere, to bring healing, to bring peace, to bring your families back together. That's the kind of power that you need to unleash inside of you. See, in Luke 10, 19, I'm going to read what Jesus said about the power. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. My gosh. We got those in East Texas. And over all the power of who? The enemy. Hello. Tell them demons to get up and go on. And nothing, keyword, nothing will injure you or hurt you. Hello. Here we see that in the power there is power in you, but you must activate the power in order for it to affect your situation, your life, and your promise. Hello. I'm here tonight to tell you that there is a power that can split the seas, that can shut the mouths of lion, the power that heals, that raises sea saints. The power that is within you is more stronger than anything else in this world. It's stronger than the new, it's stronger than the atom, it's stronger than anything you can think of, because my God is an all-powerful God. Because why? It's my God-given right that was put inside of me because it's God's power. Y'all with me? See, one thing is that we have to get to where we are like. One thing is we have to get to where we're, we're okay with ourselves having no power. And that's where God likes it. Because God... 
And this is why I told God, I said, God, can you give me the strength and the patience? That's what I love. I asked God, my God, I need you to give me the strength and the patience to go through this day. But in all reality, God's like, why are you asking me? God's like, dude, I've, why you, you, you asked me this for your whole life? You know what I'm saying? In reality, saying some of you have been asking God, hey, God, I really need you to give me more of this and this and to deal with this situation. And when really God's looking at you and saying, if you could only unleash the power, it would lose its grip on you. It would have to flee because you're not working in your power. You're working in the anointing that destroys every yoke. That's the kind of power you have. And that's why I'm trying to say is that you have to understand is that God isn't trying to do everything for you. That goes contradicts against everybody. I thought God was going to be with me. He is. And he will never forsake you. But here's the key thing is God will fulfill his promises, but he wants to see how you walk in them. He wants to see how faithful or better yet. He wants to see if you can rely on his power instead of relying on just going to him saying, hey, dad, I always need. Hello. Sometimes we always go to God and God, and instead of God, let me see your power. Let me tap in. Let me unleash it so I can handle the situation. Instead, we go to God and we're like, God, I need you to deal with this situation. And he's like, I didn't do that. I put it inside of you for a reason so that you could do it. So that you will see that it's not by your might or your strength, but it's by mine. That's what God's trying to get you through in his power. It's not that, hey, you, can, you can't do it through me, but you can't do it through you. You can't allow, you know, you can't handle your mountains. You can't handle your situations. And you really can't handle anything in life without me. Because why? Your power and your strength are limited. It's like patience. We always say, God, give me the patience. And in reality, what you're saying is, God, just get this person out of my way so I ain't got to deal with them. Oh, come on now. I know people say that all the time in church. But in all reality, is that what God is saying? He's like, will you stop asking me to take that person away from you? And instead, will you just unleash what I've given inside of you, which is patience and power to handle them? Hello. Y'all still with me? See, brothers and sisters, you ever get that urge to just pray when you have a situation that arouses and you just feel like, hey, you know what? I just got this urge all of a sudden. Like, it's when you get bad news and the first thing you say is, I rebuke that. And you, just like, and you start praying against it. That's the power inside of you. It's urging you to cry out to God to say, hey, look, there's something inside of you that wants to let loose. Hello. To speak it into the atmosphere. To break off generational curses. To break off all the, hello, the chains. See, in Matthew twenty two twenty nine, 29, Jesus was talking to them that knowing the power of God was more important than knowing what heaven is like. But Jesus answered and said to them, you are mistaken, not understanding the scripture, nor the power of God. Mm. See, I need you to understand is that right there, Jesus wasn't saying, hey, y'all got y'all got it twisted. Y'all got it twisted. He's like, y'all don't understand scripture 
And most importantly, you don't understand the power of God. And there lies the problem. Hello. We know that there's power because why? We read about it. When you read the word, there's power in the word of God. There's power to break yoke, to break chains, to break off any demonic forces that are attacking. Hello. But the problem is you're not understanding the power that's inside of you. There's not, you don't understand, and better yet, you don't, you can't even think of, if only you knew the power that was inside of you, hello, some of y'all might be praying more. Some of y'all might be praying a lot more. You'd be like, oh, yeah, I got the power of God inside me. I'm going to be walking around the street, and even when my wife starts yelling at me, I promise you, I'm going to start praying to God. And then for the wives, they're over there like, mm-hmm, I'm going to pray that God knocks you in the head. Watch this, Shonda walk away but see what you don't understand is that there's power in the ability to change there's the power inside of you god-given power that has this unending and unfathomable power excuse you you're able to walk into a room and say hey you know what i may have this problem but guess what it's way gone now because why i have this i have unleashed something inside that this problem can't hold that this problem can't take hello it's like when you're weightlifting you know what i'm saying alec you know when you go weightlifting and you start you know thinking you're big and bad and you start pumping the irons and you're like yeah I got this, and then you're sore the next day. You're like, man, but then you keep doing it for week after week. You get stronger, and that's your power. But that's physical. But how about spiritual? Let's ask the question, how, are your, how is your power spiritually? Because when you unleash it, it should be like a rushing water because it's from God. But you have to tap into the source but if you only got a little drop, hello, ain't nothing going to change because you're not unleashing it. You're restricting God from helping you to supply what he's already put in you. Hello. Come on now. Woo. That's right. Preach it. Put my third point. I'm almost done. It's another P word. Unleash. Unleash. That's my favorite part right here. This right here is my favorite part. This is actually my favorite part because this actually made me change. Is that we all know there are promises in the Bible and we believe that these promises can be fulfilled in our lives. In the Bible, hello, in the Bible, is that it's full of promises and some can account up to 3,000. Or 8,000. And some even say there's 30,000 promises in the Bible. Hello. That's a lot of promises. There's only 31,000 some hundred scriptures, I believe. So, But see, the problem is that we don't walk in the promise. We read about it. But the problem is, is we never unleash it. And by unleashing, it's action. But you never walk in your promise. See, I need you to understand, saints, is that and we believe that these promises can be fulfilled in our lives and that we believe that, you know, what God says about us is true and that all these great things. But the problem is, is that it's one thing to say the scripture, and, but it's another. Oh, let me, ooh, wee, let me go back. 
it's one thing to say it, and it's one thing to believe the promise. But the question I have is, do you walk in it? Hello, do you walk in it? Because, and do you apply it to everything in your life? Because, see, when you unleash the promises, you're able to not only say, hey, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, it's a great verse. For I know of the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare. Hello, who likes welfare? Yeah, yeah. And not for calamity. Oh, yeah, that's the good part. To give you a future and a hope. Yeah, go to verse 12. Then you will call upon me. And, here, and here's where the promise really comes, where you got to walk it out. Then you will call upon me and come and pray. Somebody say pray. pray. To me and I will listen to you. Hello. Now go back to Jeremiah 29, 11. I want to show this. So we see the promise of Jeremiah 29, 11. And everybody, you know, we got crosses with it. We got all these scriptures. We got even bumper stickers now with it. It's a really good quoted verse. Man, this is God's promise. It's a great promise. Da, da, da. We're always so excited about the promise, and we can say it, and we can even believe it. But now if you go to verse 12, it says, come and pray. You have to put in the action to get your promise to be unleashed in your life. I can believe it. I can say it to you five million times. I can even quote the scripture to you. But until you physically walk in it, it can't be applied to your life. Hello. It will, let me say this in the nicest way I can. I can, you can read the scripture and you can believe it and say, yeah, I believe it's for me. I believe God's for me and not against me. Da, 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 da. And you can, yeah. You can get all the amens and shouting and hollering. But until you do the following parts, hello, of the verse, which usually refers to come and seek after God. Hello, come and pray to not not your whole, you know, not to Allah, not to Buddha, not to your not to your plate at lunch, not to your boss's salary that's he's blessing you. You know what I'm saying? He said, you gotta come and pray to me and I will listen to you. He's saying, hey, there's something in my promise, but you're gonna have to unleash it into your life. You're gonna have to take the action and be able to turn it into reality. Hello, that's the problem. A lot of times when we, when we read the Bible, saints, it's just scripture. It's just something that is words on a page. But in reality, when you're able to unleash the promise, this right here becomes your reality. Everything God's declared from the get-go of time is now can be fulfilled in your life today. Everything that was ever written down becomes what? Your reality. Somebody say promises. promises. I'm going to unleash my. There you go. I'm going to make you say unleash a lot. Somebody say unleash. unleash. But see, I want you to understand this is that when you're unleashing, you got to understand is that there's not enough time. Hello. Well, I mean, time. I mean, there's not enough time in your day where you can't unleash your promise. There's enough time in your day. So I promise you, you can unleash. There's not a moment in your day where you can't look at somebody and say, hey, let me tell you something about Jesus. But while you're doing that, let me unleash the promise onto my life first. Hello, how many of you do that? You go, you can quote scripture, you can look at people and tell them, hey, man, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be favored. God says, da, 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 da. And you walk over and, you're, and then you're in your own home and your home family's wrecked up, tore up from the floor up. And you're sitting there like, man, I wish God could do it for me. I wish that, you know, I mean, I believe that God 
says that, you know, and you sit there and you question, but in all reality, it's because you haven't unleashed the promise. You haven't put it into action, and better yet, you'll believe it for everybody else, but you won't believe it for yourself. You'll never walk it yourself. You'll be like, hey, man, all you got to do is surrender. All you got to do is go walk with Jesus. All you got to do is call upon his name. Hello. As soon as we hear that part, we got to call upon his name. He ain't just going to give it to me. But see, here's the thing. And can I get the worship team? Is that the thing about promises is that God's done his part. The problem is, is we haven't done ours. And see, I want you to grasp a hold of this truth right here, is that when you unleash the promise, you don't just unleash it in your life. You unleash it into everybody's life. You're able to, like I said, this goes, and this is why. I'm going to tie all three of these together, right? You had your potential. You had the power. You have the promise. If you, if you can't tap into your potential first, you'll never receive the power. And if you don't know the power that lives inside of you, you'll never be able to unleash the promise. That's why all three of them fell in alignment. Is because there's something I need you to understand. Is that when you unleash the promise in your life, everything that the enemy and people spoke or did against you, hello, it's gone away. Hello. When the Bible says I'm a new creation and all things old, you know, are gone and the new is what? Come forth. Jesus isn't saying, hey, it's going to be easy or you're not going to have to put in the work. He's like, but if you can unleash this promise, the old you goes away. I can make you forget things. Hello. You ever ask your pastor, do you remember anything you do in your drug addiction? No. That's, his, that's always his answer. No. The funny part is, his family does. When Will Tell be like, hey, you remember this funny time when you were on da-da-da-da? And he's like, I don't remember that. We're like, how do you not? He's like, God's made me forget about it. Because why? He's walked in the promise. He's unleashed the promise. He unleashed the potential that God gave him that was inside of him. The same anointing, the same fire, the same everything that you see in your pastor is living inside of you. But first, you got to unleash your potential. You, you know what God has called you to do. Stop waiting for the pastor to ask for volunteers. Sign up yourself. I don't got to tell you. I don't need to put a sign-up sheet. If I got to put a sign-up sheet, I got to worry about the church. Because why? We see that the early church understood, I have a potential, and it's to serve the kingdom in any way. And the church was like, hey, I'll sell it all. I'll give it all away because I know my potential is to lead people to back to the cross. If anything, I don't even care if you stay a church a pew member. I don't care if you stay in the pew for the rest of your life. That's cool. If that's where God called you to be, that's great. The thing is, is are you leading people to Christ in the, in the pew? You can serve in children's church, but are you leading those kids to Christ? You can serve in the youth department. 
are you still leading those youth to Christ? You can serve in the worship. If you're not putting people into the presence of God where they can get saved. But better yet, as somebody that's a believer, God gave you a promise that you'll never be alone. And he said, hey, I'm going to send somebody to you. And see, what I want to get a point is this, is that in all reality, God don't care where you serve as long as you're drawing people to him. That's your potential. Some of you have artistic skills. Some of you have photography. You got all these cooking skills. You got all these things. But what are you doing for the kingdom of God? Because see, this is the twisted part. Church can get it twisted to where we see our potential and instead of using it for God, we use it for self-gain. It's the same thing with the power. We see our power in God. Instead of using it to build the kingdom, we try to build our own. And with the promises of God, we try to believe the promises will happen with the, without God. When it was God who promised it to you. Isaiah 40, 30, 31 says this, Though youth grow weary and tired, and vigorous men, young men stumble badly, yet those, hello, this is a good promise, hello, who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with the wings like eagles, and they will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Stand to your feet tonight. A simple question. A simple question. Will you unleash what has been inside of you? Will you allow the purpose, the power, and the promise in your life? Brothers and sisters, God wants you to be able to speak life, but you can't do it if you don't unleash what's inside. Come on. Say it like you're going to move forward and proclaim it over your life. Somebody say unleash say it like you're prophesying it over your family somebody say unleash say it like you're going to change the environment say you're going to change it like you're changing society the society that says it's okay to do all this unlawlessness but you got something inside that says I'm not standing for it you got to unleash what's inside of you it's your God given rights it's the God given rights we don't have much of those Say it like you're speaking it over your children. Say it like you're speaking over your spouse, over your relationship, over your child. You got to unleash that which is inside of you. That can transform all things around in your life. Somebody say unleash. Speak it over your family. Speak it over your kids. Speak it over your job. Speak it over your boss. Speak it for those who are unsaved in your life. pumped up sermon at the end but check this out your potential unleash it raise your hands in the sanctuary real fast say unleash my potential unleash the power unleash the promises say it again unleash my potential unleash the power Unleash 
your promises. That is your God-given right. You got to declare it over your life. You got to declare it in your situations. You got to declare it in your family, over your wife, over your kids, over your husband. You got to declare it. Unleash. Come to the altar if you feel God saying, hey, there's something that you've been having caged up. There's something that you are allowing yourself to stay in the cage. Your potential is still there. It's just you're not trying to let go of your security. Some of you, you think you're too weak.